0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late
1: checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Want to thank our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America has everything you need. A premier collecting experience with the most sought after NFL and NBA, FIFA and WNBA trading cards. If you're looking for rookie sensations, they've got that. How about Timeless Legends? They've got that. Panini America also breaking new ground on NIL, featuring the biggest names, Caitlin Clark's in there, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and so many more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. Some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands. they got Prism, Select, Donruss, and so many more. And you got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instants. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official
0: trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We left you
2: yesterday. Mike Vrabel was still the head coach of the Titans until a little later when he wasn't the head coach of the Titans. We'll talk about that coming up. Rich Eisen from NFL Network will join us, Michigan grad. Uh, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network insider. An update on Bill Belichick. And Jason Garrett, former Cowboys head coach, now working for Football Night in America. He'll stop by in about 15 minutes from now. Phone calls always well. Uh welcome, Operator Tyler standing by, actually sitting by, 877-3DP show. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter, handle at DP Show. Say good morning. If you're watching on Peacock, good morning to you and our radio affiliates, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio. Big announcement coming up tomorrow. That has to do with our Super Bowl coverage. Big announcement. We'll have that for you tomorrow morning at this time on the program. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. And uh, this first hour brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the show. For instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.com. All quiet on the Patriots front and the Bears front, for that matter. Um, T.J. Watt will not play in the game against the Buffalo Bills. And the Wolverines back in Ann Arbor as uh, the champions were uh, treated to a rousing welcome back home, winning the national championship. All right. We'll uh, get to a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Seton, I'll go to you. What's the first question
3: that we might be pondering in the first hour of this program? Well, do you want to start in the NBA or the NFL, Dan?
4: Hmm.
3: Hmm. How about the NBA? All right. Length of time before Draymond Green's (laughs) next incident. One week, one month, the end of the season, or hey, maybe he's changed. Okay, but you have to define incident. I don't have to. Yes, you no, do. I don't. Yes. What does an incident mean? It, okay, it's Draymond Green. I, it could be a kick to the groin. It could be a punch in the face. Okay. It could be, uh, I don't know, whatever it leads to him getting ejected. Oh, ejected. Okay. Or, now, or a suspended. technical foul. Or, I don't know. Now, he'll get a technical foul,
2: but a suspension? Incident. You, an incident. Incident. <laughs> yeah. Well, Draymond Green is still talking. He's coming back. I think the Warriors are in action tonight. I don't know if he's playing or not. But uh, Draymond Green had this to say about moving forward.
5: When I look back on these situations, it's like, can you remove the antics? I'm very confident I can remove the antics. And I'm very confident if I do remove the antics. No one's worried about how I play the game of basketball. You know, nobody's worried about... um, how I carry myself in the game of basketball, but it's the antics. And um, so that's my focus. You know, it's not on changing who I am completely. Like, you don't change the spots on the leopard. Like, it's just not gonna happen, and I'm not going to try to set some unrealistic expectation of like, who's this person gonna be? Like, it's not real, and that's not sustainable. Okay. Um.
2: I don't know if I have any more confidence in Draymond than I did before he got suspended. That he knows he needs to change, but you can't change the spots on a leopard. Sounds like Draymond's going to be Draymond. And if it happens, it happens. I'm going to I only know one way to play and you know. I I still go back to the Warriors. They've hen- enabled him up to this point. When something happens, you know, you, you knock out a teammate, you get suspended during the NBA Finals. Like, there's just, you know, there's a lot of things that you kind of throw into this with Draymond Green. We've said before, he's a wonderful player, at least he used to be. But, you know, the sliding scale of, I'm going to let you get away with this because you're really good, you know, that's starting to level out here and maybe go in the other direction. Because if you give me nine points and seven rebounds and six assists, but you do stupid things, then you're just, you're not the same value to us as you used to be. And they're on the hook for $75 million. I mean, they, they need to help him help himself just so they can get their money out of this. Because do I think he'll be suspended again? I do. I, I don't think he can help himself. Plus, I think he loves, being in the spotlight, you know, considering that he is a really good player, but he plays on the team with maybe the most popular player in the sport. And sometimes you're looking for a little bit of that spotlight. You're looking a little bit of recognition. Hey, I want something for my podcast here. And for a guy who does, Dennis Rodman was brilliant at doing this, but he was he was not dirty in the, you know, with the same intent that Draymond is. Dennis would just be a nuisance. And there was a purpose behind that. And he understood the game and just like Draymond, very smart player. But Draymond is not smart enough to stop at a certain point where you're just a nuisance. Instead, you know, he can't be he, he can't be controlled enough and that's really the problem here. It's just a matter of if not when and the fact that he wanted us to believe that he nearly retired, and it took Adam Silver to talk him out of retirement. I, I, I don't buy that at all. I think it's it's just a way of saying, hey, Commissioner, I'm listening to you. I heard everything you said, and I hope you take some leniency on me the next time around that I am trying. And maybe he is trying, but that doesn't exonerate him from stupid things that he's done. How many guys kick guys in the groin? How many guys punch guys in the face? And this is multiple times. Not many guys. So that's where you look at this and you go, you know, that's the aberration here. Like, under, and maybe he should have taken the rest of the year off. Like if he's truly uh, has good intentions of getting better, then get away from the game and get better. But uh, where he is now, where the Warriors are now, You know the the risk and the reward with Draymond is just not worth it. But you signed him up for three more years, unless somebody wants to take him off your hands. Yeah, Paul. I
1: actually feel pretty good about what he said. You know where it translates on the court. That's the big thing because I love eighty percent of his game, and I always have. And it's just that twenty percent of lack of control that that self defeating. I think what's big here is going forward. Will other guys try to bait him now? Bait him more than they have in the past. If I'm Rudy Gobert, great. I'm going to try to get this guy because everyone's going to look for Draymond to respond, you know, talk, elbows. I think a lot more people are going to try to bait him going forward. Sure. He's
2: just not the same player. Obviously not the same player. His value is not the same. How many times have you said, boy, did you see Draymond last night? Unless it has something to do with doing something stupid. Um, Now, granted, his game doesn't call for, I'm going to make the highlights. But he is a guy that if you watch the game, an entire game, then you understand his value to that team, or at least what it used to be. Now, not the same value. He's not the same player. And you can feel sometimes that he like he seems to be a little bit more, and desperate's not a fair word to him, but he, he knows that he's going up against guys that it used to be he could hold his own with them. And I, he just can't do that on a nightly basis anymore. So as he moves forward, and uh, he he needs to change, but you can't change the spots on a leopard. So uh, good luck, Golden State. You're going to need it. Yes, Marvin.
5: It's like the kid that you never disciplined, and now they're 13, 14 years old. Hey, Draymond, we're going to start disciplining you. Ah, shut up. You mm-hmm. didn't do it when I was a kid. It's, yeah. it's too late now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, no more junk food. Wait, I've been having junk food for a decade now. Nope, you're not allowed to have any of that anymore. No. Well, we'll see. Yeah. You gave him a timeout, but that timeout doesn't work. Going to come down and probably be the same uh, same guy. Yeah, see.
3: It's funny that the easiest comparison we can make to this grown-ass man is a child eating candy. <laughs> Uh, eight seven seven three
2: dp show email address dp at danpatrick.com Twitter handle at dp show so uh Draymond Green poll question for the first hour <laughs> okay
3: could be uh, uh okay. we, we can pivot to the NFL yeah. if you'd like okay we're gonna pivot um how about the Titans firing Mike Vrabel is or was mm, dot, a, dot, dot. dot 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 a massive mistake mm-hmm. a solid move baffling or it makes sense.
2: Well, I would say baffling because it feels like if you're, if you're Tennessee and now you have a coaching search, aren't you looking for Mike Vrabel? All of these teams are going to be interested in Mike Vrabel. But when he got fired, it, it was like, wait a minute, what just happened? It changed everything, I think, for some of these teams where you go, well, hold on here. Do we want to keep our coach in Chicago, Matt Eberflus? Is, is you know, Mike Vrabel going to be the guy that we would consider there? The Patriots, of course. You know when, when Vrabel went back and he got inducted into their ring of honor and he got his sport coat there, Patriots sport coat, I mean, he said a lot of great things about that organization. And I, it was one of those where I kind of did a, a, a freeze frame of that that he looked like he belonged there. And this is long before we thought that Tennessee would fire him. But, you know, it kind of started, you know, kind of lit the match where you go, well, okay, what, you know, maybe if Belichick doesn't come back, Vrabel certainly knows the organization, respects the organization, played in the organization and the Patriot way and all of that. And that's the first thing I thought of. And I wonder what Robert Kraft thought. I wonder when that came across to his desk, did he go, uh, We need to get Bill in here by the end of the week. <laughs> we, we need to talk to uh, Coach Belichick. But, and I even saw Vegas odds where the second best odds for Bill Belichick, his, his team, you guys want to guess the second best odds? I, I'm not sure. The Chargers might be the number one team I saw with odds. I don't know if DraftKings has odds, but I think there were odds in Vegas of the best place for him to land. Paulie?
1: I thought this was a trick question. It was the Patriots.
2: It is. Oh. It is. Really? Second best odds right now or Belichick stays with the Patriots. Yes, Eden? And the first best are that he leaves for the Chargers. Yeah, I think so. Now, I was told that even those around him don't know what Bill's going to do. Uh, somebody who knows, you know, somebody in his inner circle said that to me yesterday. His friends don't know what he's going to do, but he thought that staying on the East Coast made the most sense for Belichick and Washington D.C. with Annapolis and ties to the Naval Academy. That that might make more sense. Yes, Eden?
3: That's. I was just going to say. I don't, I don't. He doesn't strike me as a fella at a, a a point in life that feels like picking up and moving all the way across country. But I would for Justin Herbert. You would?
2: Yeah, I think so. You know, it's like when you have that long distance relationship and you go, God, I want to go cross country. And then, okay, I'll go cross country. You go, no, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm good. Feels like that's a cross country worthy
3: quarterback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not all in on Justin Herbert? Okay. I mean, I'm not. I, th- I, th- I like him. But I don't. It seems like there's more question marks now than there had been in years past. Yeah.
1: Pauly? with the Chargers, there's been rumors of Jim Harbaugh. There's been rumors of uh, Bill Belichick. If you ran the Chargers, if you own the Chargers, would you overpay to buy some relevance as well as a good coach? Oh, I want Jim Harbaugh for besides just coaching, but relevance in Los Angeles. No, I want Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh is going to be out. Bill
2: Bill Belichick's not going to a Laker game. He's not going to USC
1: game. He does make you weirdly relevant without actually talking to me. I him. would
2: rather have Jim Harbaugh because I feel like I can get the best of both worlds. Yeah, He's going to be relevant, just won a national championship. He's there in Los Angeles. He does, you know, he'll probably go out. You might see him.
1: Does Harbaugh know that they're not Harbaugh. in San Diego anymore? Yeah. Does he, I'm not 100% sure Harbaugh knows they're not in San Diego. Mm. He probably thinks he's going back to San Diego where he used to coach.
2: And that's another thing, you know, when, when we look at his stops along the way, people started Stanford. He was at San Diego. He wasn't at San Diego State. I don't even think they have scholarships at San Diego. But he did really well there. Then he went to Stanford. Then he went to the Niners. And here he is at Michigan. But I also go back a couple of years when they were two and four. And I think people thought that Jim Harbaugh could get fired. And he took a pay cut. And here he is with as much leverage as any other coach. But Mike Vrabel, I'm going to guess, changed some people's wish list yesterday by uh, being let go by the Titans. All right, And I do think the Titans will get worse before they get better. I don't know if they have a quarterback. Uh, Derrick Henry felt like, feels like, that was his last game there. And what else do you have? You have Will Levis. Um, Mike Vrabel is a good coach. He's bordered on being a great coach. It felt like prepared, tough teams, and uh, there's a lot of GMs and owners who would love to have that that kind of stability. I'm the Bears. The Bears. I don't think they're moving on from Eberflus. I don't. Uh. And I think they're going to keep Justin Fields. I I wouldn't keep Justin Fields. Uh, I don't know enough about Eberflus, but I would, I would reset the clock on my quarterback. Yes, Marvin.
5: The pressure is on the Bears next year. They better do something big because if they, like, they better hope Caleb Williams doesn't go off and Mike Vrabel doesn't coach the Patriots to an AFC title. Well, game. that's not going to happen. <laughs> that
2: that that will not happen. The playoffs, maybe playoff hunt. May playoff. Hunt. All right, all right. Might be a playoff right. hunt situation there. All right, let me take a break. We'll talk to the former Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett. We'll get to phone calls, got our poll question just getting started. Glad you're along for the ride. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show.
0: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, we're Covino and Rich. Fox Sports Radio every day, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. But here's the thing. We never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Overpromised. You see, we're having so much fun in our two-hour show. We never get to everything. Uncensored, by the way, so maybe we'll go at it even a little harder. It's going to be the best after-show podcast of all time. There you go. Overpromising. Perfect. And remember, you could see it on YouTube, but definitely join us. Listen to Overpromised with Covino and Rich on the iHeartRadio app,
5: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. And Monopoly Go...
2: To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. NBC Sports will present three games on this upcoming NFL Super Wild Card weekend, including the NFL's first-ever exclusively live-stream playoff game. That'll be Saturday night on Peacock at 8 Eastern. It's the Kansas City Chiefs hosting Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins. Jason Garrett will be the game analyst Saturday night with the Dolphins and the Chiefs, and he'll be working with Mike Torrico and Kaylee Hartung. And the uh, former Cowboys coach joins us on the program. How do you prepare your team for cold weather if you're Mike McDaniel's going into Kansas City, and they're talking about being one of the coldest games in NFL playoff history.
6: Hey, happy New Year, Dan! Happy New it's Year, a, Coach. It's 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 a real challenge uh, for anybody. And, and and the one thing I'd like to add, though, is it's a challenge for Kansas City too. You know that they, they played in some of these games uh, for a lot of years, but they're going to be impacted by how cold it is and handling the football and all of that. You know, Miami has had games in New York and Buffalo and New England, so they've had to deal with it a little bit, but this seems a little extreme. I don't know if there's anything you really can do in practice uh, to simulate it when you're down there in South Florida. I mean, I, w- what do you do? You know, I do think you want to talk about, you know, how you want the players to dress, the gloves, the sleeves, all those kinds of things. You know, really, really get with your equipment staff and talk those things through. And if you have to mandate some things, mandate some things. But it's a challenge. It'll be a challenge for both sides.
2: But do you coach differently in in weather like this? Game plan oh,
6: differently? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt the, the weather's going to impact the game on both sides. And, you know, for the Dolphins, you know, you could argue that they're going to be impacted more, not only because they're from, from Miami, but their style of play is so high flying right they're such a fast team it's the Santa Monica track club every time the ball is snapped they got so many different guys that can attack you and there's no doubt that when it's zero degrees and you're playing on that grass and the wind's blowing that slows you down you know you know the, the tough physical teams that can run the ball it plays more to, to their favor now Kansas City on the other side they've been a high flying outfit for, for a long time less so this year They've evolved a little bit as a team. They've become a more physical team, so maybe it works to their advantage. But both teams are going to be impacted.
2: What's it like when your quarterback maybe doesn't have the same kind of confidence in, in every receiver? Like, let, let, let's say Patrick Mahomes, he knows Kelsey, but these other receivers drop the ball. Does that, is that conscious, subconscious when you're calling plays or getting ready to throw to a receiver?
6: Oh, I don't think there's any doubt that it is, especially with where they've been. You know, (laughs) this is the record-setting offense of the last four or five years, and they've been to heights that no other offenses have been to for a long time. And now they seem a lot more pedestrian, a lot more normal. And I do think that what you're talking about is real. You know, time and time again, when you go to a guy and – you don't get the result you want. And not only are they not making the, the big spectacular plays that we're so used to seeing them make, they're not making the ordinary plays. And uh, you know, there's a great story about Phil Jackson and, and and Michael Jordan from years ago when Phil Jackson first got there and Jordan was already just a star, as you know. And um, you know, Phil kind of brought him into the offense and said, You gotta throw the ball to these different guys. You gotta throw it to these guys that it can't just be you every time and he was like well that guy drops the ball and good things don't happen when i throw it to him and phil seemed to convince him to say i got that but the more you give them chances the more confident they're going to be and i think that's the case that's a good lesson for quarterbacks you know when you're when you're dealing with young guys who haven't had that much success you have to keep trying to instill confidence in them and belief in them and maybe have to overlook some of the drops. Because over time, you're going to need them. And I think Rasheed Rice is a great example for their team, the growth and development of this guy over the course of the year. He's a real force now. And and I think Patrick has to be willing to do that with some of the other guys to, to have them continue to grow, even at this late date, if they want to make a run of the playoffs.
2: I'm going to make you owner of the Patriots. What do you do?
6: Um... You know, I have such immense respect for Coach Belichick and what he's done. I, I, th- I think you have a conversation with him and say, okay, here's where we are. These are my concerns. Is there a way that we can restructure this thing and keep you as the coach? And so I would start there. Okay. Instead of saying, hey, it's all on you to make every decision in the organization. Can we structure it in a way where, um, you know, we bring a general manager back in there, maybe some you're familiar with. And, and let's keep going down the road. We're going to have to make some hard decisions on staff and on players, but let's get keep this thing going. Short of that, if you're not satisfied with what that answer is, I think it's time to move on, and I think both guys would embrace a fresh start. You're the owner of the Bears. Um, you know, this is a hard one for me because Matt Eberflus worked for us in Dallas for a long time, and he's, he's a dear friend, and I think you know, what he's done for the last part of this year should be encouraging to Bears fans, particularly with Justin Fields, how he's played. Um, having said that, you have to pull back and say, okay, do, do we have an opportunity to go get someone who we think can be really impactful in difference-making? The obvious one would be Jim Harbaugh. Are we, are we comfortable with a guy like that? And then the other decision is what do we do with the quarterback? Justin Fields has really improved. I think he's he's shown a lot of people how good a player he can be. But are these two guys coming out in the draft difference making generational players, you know, so you so, so I think you have two really workable options, promising as a head coach and promising as a quarterback. But then do we want to go get the big fish, so to speak? So th- th- those, those are the discussions.
2: Jason Garrett, Football Night in America studio analyst, he'll be on the call with Mike Tirico, Kaylee Hartung, that'll be Saturday night streaming on Peacock the Chiefs and the Dolphins yeah, just trying to understand what's going on now with the coaching situation now Mike Vrabel just became available, why is Mike Vrabel out of a job in your opinion
6: Uh, hard for me to know about the inner workings of the organization Uh, you know, I'm such a Vrabel fan they did such a good job there uh, but but from the start of maybe the middle of last year through the end of this season, they were a different team, and I, and I think the record shows that they had been a team that was so hard to beat, and then they became a team that was a lot easier to beat. And uh, you know, as the head coach, you have to own that. Clearly, there was a there was a difference in personnel. The AJ Brown trade was certainly something I think everyone points to as as highlighting maybe a different a difference in philosophy uh between the coaching staff and the personnel department but but it seems like since the middle of last year they've been different and you know what discussions they had you know yesterday and leading up to yesterday who knows does he want to be there does he want to go to new england as the next head coach there i mean maybe those kinds of things came up he's certainly a really good coach and uh, and won't be out of work long
2: what would be your concern or concerns for the Cowboys hosting the Packers this weekend?
6: Uh, just that they that they don't play the way they're capable of playing. Uh, they're a really good team. And, you know, a lot of people have said, hey, they've beaten teams with less than 500 record, all of that. Well, you only can play the teams that are on your schedule. And in most of those games, except for Arizona, you know, they dominated them. And they they had a rough one against San Francisco early. They had a rough one against Philly. You know, uh, the, the Miami thing, the Buffalo thing, you know, those are the ones where you say, hey, against the better teams, how did they do? But at the end of it, they won 12 out of 17, and and, and they're really good in all three phases of their team. So the big challenge for them is to go be who they are. Don't let the the, the, the pressure of the playoffs or – you know, recent history impact you in a negative way, they're a better team than Green Bay. They should win the game, particularly at home.
2: What was it like when you're coaching and you hear that Jerry Jones has said something and then the media comes over and wants to ask you about that?
6: You know, the media love that. (laughs) They they love that idea of he said this and didn't you say this before and trying to provide a rift between us. And, you, you know... That, that number was a big issue for me, you know, because I because I knew the conversation that Jerry Jones and I had. Sometimes the perception of things were such that, oh, you're over here, he's over here, you're not on the same page, all of that. You know, uh, we, we tried to have honest conversations about things we're doing. If you had to undo some things because he, maybe he was emotional after a game, hey, undid it. But, uh, you know, ultimately uh, uh, there are some of those Landmines that you have to deal with as a coach, particularly in a high profile environment. It just comes with the dinner.
2: Yeah, I just, I felt bad for Mike McCarthy the other day when Jerry said, hey, you know, his record speaks for itself and, uh, you know, just giving all these, you know, plaudits to him. And then at the very end, it was basically, well, we'll see how it goes game to game as far as, you know, Mike McCarthy's future. So Jerry almost had the perfect response. (laughs) Then he had to add, but we're going to see how it goes game to game. How would you feel if you're Mike Mike, McCarthy?
6: Yeah, Mike's done such a great job there. He's done a great job throughout his career, and they've been one of the better teams in the league the last few years. And, you know, he knows more than anybody that, you know, it's a day-to-day, week-to-week, year-to-year business, and the bottom line is winning, and there's a lot of expectation in Dallas. For them to take the next step and to go win so you know he's done a great job kind of locking in and keeping his team locked in you just got to kind of move on it, it, it's all part of it's all part of that job and he's handled it beautifully
2: have fun on saturday night there uh is, <laughs> your, is your
6: wife helping you uh with your wardrobe there on saturday night you know, we we both decided we had to start packing early. You know, <laughs> and I don't know how you pack for a game. I, you know, this is this is new territory for me. Zero degrees, calling a game in Kansas City with the window open. <laughs>
2: don't don't wear gloves when you're on camera. Like act tough, okay? Yeah, don't wear gloves on camera. Well, just when they go to you in the booth, there. I mean, Torico's going to have gloves on. I know really? that. Really? Okay. Yeah. But you know what? Don't be afraid to not have the hat. Now, once the camera's off of you, you can bundle up. But I think, you know, you got to show that you're tough. You're East Coast tough.
6: It, yeah, I don't think hat, right? We can't nah, do a hat.
2: Nah.
6: Right? Well, it
2: depends on how long you're on camera, Coach. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Don't do earmuffs, I think, okay? I, I think quick changes are going to be critical. <laughs> uh, good to talk to you. Safe travels. Thank you.
6: Thanks. Always good talking to you. Happy New Year to you.
2: Thank you. You too, Coach. Jason Garrett, Football Night in America, and uh, NBC Sports is going to present the uh, Super Wild Card Weekend, the first ever exclusively live-streamed playoff game this Saturday night on Peacock at 8 Eastern. And they're talking about being one of the coldest games on record, certainly in playoff history. And it's on this date where I know where I was, and that was Riverfront Stadium the Bengals in 1982 beat the Chargers 27-7. This was known as the Freezer Bowl. That, uh, the wind chill was minus 59. Minus 59. It was, it was a minus 9 temperature, but the winds were... If you could have... If I was gambling... Well, I was gambling back then, but I uh, didn't even think of calling my bookie to go. When I saw the Chargers come onto the field... If, if you could have said to them right there, guys, you're going to lose by four points and uh, you're going to play well and you're going to get the respect of everybody, but you can go right in the locker room, get on the plane and go home. I wonder how many would go. All right. Sounds good to me. They were and the Bengal, Bengals offensive lineman came out with no sleeps. And I went, oh, my God. And the Chargers came out. They were all bundled up. Dan Fouts. Eric Coriel and and it was it was for you know chance to go to the Super Bowl, and then they went to the Super Bowl and ended up losing to uh, Joe Montana. Yeah, Paul,
1: I've got the latest report for Kansas City weather on Saturday during the day the high is ten, during the evening the low will be minus six and breezy, chance of, chance of late night snow sixty percent, so there could be some flurries as well, but at game time it could be negative, likely negative.
2: Can you imagine that football hits your hands? be like knock a finger off or something. Yeah, Paul.
1: Do announcers and broadcasters, you told me before that sometimes when they're doing a live shot, they'll take the hat off or the jacket to look good on air, like in a cold weather environment. And then pop it right back on. Well,
2: I didn't want to wear a hat. I remember I was in Philadelphia a couple of years ago for the Falcons and the Eagles. And it was cold. And Rodney and Tony had no problem wearing a hat, but they live in Atlanta and Florida. And I thought, you know what, I got to kind of carry the flag for you know people who are in you know cold weather climate. You know that Midwest toughness there. And now I had a heater underneath me, but I didn't want to wear gloves because you can't like flip your papers. And then I wasn't going to wear a hat because I just don't look good in a hat.
5: Yes, Marv. At NFL games, the heated benches are the warmest things ever. You could sleep on those. So I see when the guys get off the field, they run to those right right away and there's heat, you know, there's heaters that are oh blasting. Yes. I mean, anywhere they can find some heat and you see the punters and the special teams people, you know, trying to, you know, warm up their hands and I was like, how can you think when it's this cold?
2: But that's why I always love Bud Grant because he was looking for the ultimate home field advantage with the Vikings when they played at Metropolitan Stadium. He didn't allow heat on the sidelines, the benches. Because if you don't have it on your side, the other side doesn't get it either. And, you know, those Vikings players, I mean, they had to be miserable. But they were the purple people eaters, and they're over there on the sidelines, and it it just has to be crushing how cold that was. But his whole thing was, and he's a tough guy, he was like, hey, we're fine. This is the true home field advantage and you want to let that team know they're coming into your stadium, you got to deal with our elements there. All right, let me take a break. We'll uh, get to uh, some phone calls, update our poll results. Got a busy show. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network insider a little later on. Michigan grad NFL Network host Rich Eisen stops by as well. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
4: It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think
2: I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or, I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well...
4: Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick six not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up to date list of states, visit DKNG.co slash pick six states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick slash promos.
0: Oh my God. The
4: play. The on play. Of the day.
0: Runner left side, the
6: play of the day. Check this out. 11.50 to play. Nebraska up 10. Wiltshire a three from straight away. C.J. Wiltshire carrying the Huskers here in the second half. He knocks in a triple and just like that to lead back at 13.
2: Nebraska's first win over a top-ranked team since 1982. That's courtesy of Learfield Sports. That's your play of the day. You had number one Purdue go down. You had number two Houston go down. Same night. Discover wants everybody to feel special. That's why your Discover card... Gives you access to 24-7 customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations like Fritzy do apply.
3: Shouldn't be any surprise that Nebraska's on a roll. Because? They just sent us all in jerseys. Oh, that's right. We got all of our
2: gear from the uh, basketball, uh, the athletic department there. Now all of a sudden they're knocking off one... Mm. Okay, Marvin's got his right there. Big zero. The Cornhuskers sent us basketball jerseys. Very nice. Very nice. Our Huskers. Yeah. (laughs) Hello. Is this the first game they've played since they sent us those jerseys?
1: In our mind, it is. Yeah.
2: (laughs) The first big game that they've played, and they knocked down Purdue, number one team in the country. All right, some phone calls in here. Uh,
3: early poll results, Seaton. if you could muster those up for me. Please. I can I can muster with the okay. best of them, as All a matter right. of fact. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we put up two poll questions early. Mm-hmm. One Vrabel-related, one Draymond Green-related. Okay. We have uh, length of time before the next Draymond Green incident. Your options were one week, one month, the end of the season, or mm-hmm. hey, maybe he's changed. Okay. Right now, 50% of the audience are giving him a month <laughs> okay. before something happens. I think that's fair. Yeah. And the other poll question? The Titans firing Mike Vrabel is a massive mistake, a solid move, baffling, or makes sense. Right now, baffling is leading that. Yeah, yeah, I would sign up for
2: baffling as well. Jacob in Denver joining us. Hi, Jake, what's on your mind?
5: Hey, good morning, Dan. Um, Just a big Titans fan here, and I would say that baffling is the correct word. Um, Been a fan of this team for... 25 years, and I think this is probably the worst move they've ever made. I don't know a single fan that's happy with it. But that's all I want to say. Love the show, guys. Thanks for letting me call. Thank you, Jake.
2: Thank you, Jacob. Yeah, a little baffling there. But, you know, do you keep the GM? And then he gets to go out and get his coach? Is there a disconnect? Was there a disconnect between the coach and the GM? Now, the owner brings in the coach, and they have a talk. Brings in the GM, they have a talk. The GM didn't know that the owner was going to fire Mike Rabel. So communication might be a problem there in the organization. Uh, Doug in North Carolina. Hi, Doug. Welcome back.
1: Hey, Dan. I have a, a poll suggestion for you uh, for hour two, but let me set this up.
6: I heard uh, basketball coach Larry Brown say a few years ago that if he had his whole life to do all over again, he probably would have stayed in Kansas. And he talked about how
5: winning coaches are treated like royalty on college campuses, and he joked that they maybe maybe would have even named the arena after him. So my poll question is, would you rather be the head coach of a, a blue-chip
6: football program where you have job security for the next 10 years and they'll likely name something after you, or would you want to go off to the Bears or Carolina or San Diego where you may have a
5: three-year window to get it done?
2: Yeah, but I think that comes down to the individual. Thank you, Doug. I'm a person who stays at one place. You know, I stayed at ESPN for 18 years. Stayed longer than I probably should have, but I was loyal. And even doing what we're doing. You know, this has been, what, 17 years that we've been together. Uh, I just think there's something about that. The familiarity to do it and then keep doing it as opposed to, you know, I need a challenge. So I'm going to go to the NFL. Usually when you need a challenge, you want to go to the NFL. It's about money, but... I grew up in an environment where coaches stayed; they were there. Um, you know, Mike Shashevsky was there. Uh, John Wooden stayed there. Uh, Joe Paterno at Penn State. Uh, Bear Bryant. You know, all of these coaches they stayed. Now, in today's world, would they have stayed? Uh, Mike Shashevsky flirted with the Lakers. Joe Paterno, I think, with the Washington then Redskins. They had opportunities. I don't know if Bear Bryant was ever broached of being an NFL coach, but Spurrier made the leap. Uh, You know, Saban made the leap. There are guys who do it and uh, do it well. I don't know if Bob Knight ever entertained the idea of, of coaching in the NBA. I can't see that happening, but maybe somebody, you know, looked at him. But, you know, it's the individual. What is your challenge? I always thought staying in the same place and making it better. I mean, that's tougher. Because if you do three or four years, and then you move on three or four years, then you move on. But I, I grew up in an environment where that's what you did. You made your commitment. You make it better each time, every single day, every single month, every single year. Uh, Aaron in uh, North Dakota. Hi, Aaron. What's on your mind today?
6: Morning, Dan. Morning. Uh, first time, long time,
1: 64250. <phone rings>
6: I came up with the perfect way to ensure Draymond Green never has another incident for the rest of his career. Okay. So instead of fining him or suspending him, let him know that we're going to make him wear a pair of the 1980s John Stockton short shorts.
2: Mm. He'll never do anything ever again, I guarantee you. I think the short shorts are making a comeback here. I know in women's basketball it is. But I, I keep waiting that maybe it comes back. you know, I, re- I remember my senior year in high school our uniforms were a little bit baggier, but the ones be- we had before that were the ones that you saw in Hoosiers, like shiny shorts and they were tight tight. And you know I didn't have bad legs. so I mean I' didn't, didn't feel bad showing those off. And then all of a sudden you started to go with a little bit more of the baggy ones. Then it got ridiculous where you know they're down to your knees. Fab Five, I think, they, uh, they gave us that. Or did Michael Jordan... See, Jordan should get credit for all of this. The black shoes, the baggier pants, and then the Fab Five came in, and I think Jalen Rose and company were like, oh, yeah, we got the black socks and the black shoes and the baggy shorts. Yes, Marvin?
5: The black socks I'm going to give to the Fab Five. But the baggy shorts, I think Michael Jordan, they- then I think the Fab Five took it to another level. And then it just got crazier and crazier. I know.
2: But those baggy shorts, I mean, come on. That, that looks embarrassing. Look, you know, have a uniform. It There's uniformity to it. Not down past your knees. I know, I know. The old
3: guy, get off my lawn. Get off my lawn from still 20 years ago. Yes. Still ups getting off your lawn. Yeah. They don't do that yeah. anymore. But. Yeah.
1: yeah, Paul. There was a player about three years ago for the University of Michigan basketball, ironically, that went short shorts. He was a freshman, like Lively or Livers or something, and it never really caught on. We did a couple look-ins on it. Mm. The short shorts aren't catching on. Yeah,
2: yeah. <sighs> it's like fashion. You know, it all comes back around. Short shorts. Not that I'm calling for that, but I don't need the baggy shorts. How about somewhere in between? Ian Rappaport will tell us where he thinks Mike Rabel is headed. He'll join us coming up in 25 minutes.